Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Think back to your childhood and ask yourself this question. How much did my daddy play with me? All the Jeffreys are hearing is, oh, daddy, yeah, that, that's sexual, yeah, that's gay. Did your daddy play with you? Shut the f up, Jeffrey. This is a serious matter that we're talking about. Adonis says that fatherhood is our purpose, the greatest mission that we will encounter as men. And so it's really worth asking this question seriously. I read a really interesting book called The Boy Crisis. And there's a part of it that I really wanted to speak to you about because it's these small things that you don't even realize would have such a big impact after, you know, stuff happened in childhood. And the book mentioned the value of rough and tumble play. And it said that fathers are way more likely to take part in rough and tumble play with their children than mothers. And essentially what that means is that dads are more likely to kind of like, you know, throw their children around and like, you know, wrestle with them than mothers are. And I think that's kind of like common sense. You would assume that a dad is more likely to do that than mothers and it also went through like a bunch of like very interesting kind of like political and social and cultural reasons why like rough and tumble play is actually going down so it's like essentially fathers are being allowed to rough house their children less because of this kind of like more sort of soft feminized weak society you know like oh, we live in a society like you know these kind of movements that like devalue the father as a parent and imagine if we could get deep as fuck, but I'm, bro, imagine if there's like a family living in UK or the US, you know, these quite like blue pill left wing, you know, this, I don't know, political shit, but I'd assume it's like left wing shit, right? Where the mother has a lot more power and the mother's seen as like, you know, the more important parents and the father's being devalued and that there's a huge, huge problem of fatherlessness. Essentially, modern families live in the mother's frame and not the father's. The issue with that, so living in the mother's frame means kind of like living by the mother's rule instead of the father's rule. So, you know, previously 50 years ago, 100 years ago, the father would have ruled the household. And now it's kind of the opposite way around the mother does. And that could sound, you know, oh, that's kind of nice and stuff. But the issue with that is that mothers generally, in this specific situation, mothers generally can't see the value of something like rough and tumble praise, especially because rough and tumble play in this, it's fucking, it's such a huge phrase, rough and tumble play. I'm just going to call it like aggressive playing, you know, like sort of like, um, play fighting and stuff, right? So, you know, your daddy will like throw you around in the air. Your daddy will like uh, wrestle with you. And what would happen when that happens? And what could potentially be a negative consequence of that kind of like roughhousing play? The child could get a little bit hurt. 
experience a little bit of pain and then cry. And so the mother has this vibe of like, oh, well, I told you so. See, like, you can't be playing with them. You know, they're like, what are you doing throwing up? You know, like mothers can generally, and this is obviously a stereotype, but it's like, there is data to back this. You know, mothers are way more like careful with their children and stuff. And so they do view aggressive sort of play as like too far. And of course, when the child cries, well, yeah, the, the, see, I told you so. What this book said is that when the child cries, it's such an important experience for the child. And th th literally like the stuff that I learned from this book, bro, it was so interesting. It said that the adults who didn't experience that kind of play with their dad when they were younger don't seem to be in their bodies as much. And I, I don't know if you can relate to that, but suddenly that literally just clicked. And I was like, oh, fuck, that's so true. Children who were closest to their mothers and didn't have, you know, like daddy throwing them around and, and wrestling with them, they seem weird in their bodies. There's a video of me. I was in Santorini in Greece and I was going to go jump in a pool and I literally jump like a dumbass, bro. I literally jump and I captioned the video with, I jump like I have unresolved childhood trauma. And it's like something fucking clicked, bro. When I read this line saying, okay, children who didn't experience that kind of aggressive play with their father, like they're just so like immobile. They're so like in agile. And you could probably relate to this if you didn't have like daddy like throwing you around. You're probably just like, like stiff in your body. And you know, there's like some kids, I've noticed this when I was doing a bit of like training outdoors with a couple of friends. And you know, like you can do like, you practice like handstands with your friends or something. And I noticed that when my friend, when he would kind of like fail the handstand, he would like, you know, agilely sort of like, not fall flat like he'll he'll like fail it you know go too far over with the handstand and kind of slide move with his hands and like kind of stand back up and i've noticed a bunch of like healthy looking people do that you know when they go for a handstand attempt but i've noticed and this might be like a stereotype like a bias or something but i've noticed people who i would assume have like unresolved childhood trauma and that's not funny but like unresolved childhood trauma like myself we go for a handstand attempt and when you know you're gonna topple over instead of you know quickly like agilely sort of like you know getting on with your hands and then like standing up again we just kind of fall flat. I've noticed that, man. And this is like a weirdly specific thing to talk about. And you know, it sounds like jokey, I'm laughing in this video, but it, it's actually like really, really, really serious. I've said that the purpose of our cult, if there was like one grand mission that we could focus on, is to reverse fatherlessness. Fatherlessness is a huge, huge problem that's not being talked about because it seems quite like anti-women, anti, you know, like feminist to talk about it. And it honestly seems like the majority of the work I do here in this movement is just to kind of ease the symptoms of fatherlessness. I actually had this thought, if you've watched a lot of my videos, this is probably gonna surprise you, but I had this thought. There's always something I say, don't I? There's always something I say, which is step zero is X. What do I say? Step zero for anything that you wanna do in life is to improve your mental health first. I always say, okay, mental health is the most important part. And I realized now, I took a step back from that statement and I asked myself, okay, why would it be that so many people's mental health is an issue? I thought that the bad habits that we do, like, you know, playing video games, taking drugs, watching porn, I've been saying all this time that those things are not the problems. Those things are the symptom of the real problem, which is mental health. But I'm now realizing that all of these things, including mental illness, are probably the symptoms of the real problem, which is fatherlessness. There were so many things that I learned from this book and I highly recommend if what I'm saying in this video seems to resonate with you and you're like, wait, fatherlessness does seem to be a huge problem. And like, wait, like, you know, I'm, I'm kind of like a dumbass in my own body. I can't, I'm not agile and stuff. And like, my daddy didn't play with me that much. And I wonder if that would have helped me, you know, sort of like be in my body, be present more. The book is titled The Boy Crisis. And it was so, so interesting. And it's so like refreshing to consume some kind of content, which it feels like it's on our side. It's so refreshing to read a book, which explains the 
bad parts of your life and it's like yeah well of course that was gonna happen when like half of your your parenthood half of like you know like being raised by your parents is tainted by like there's so many reasons why fatherlessness is, is a big issue and i think it is a lot of those like cultural societal political things where like the father isn't really needed anymore i remember reading some other book i think it was hard times create strong men by stefan onio and it had a quote which i really liked which was if you kill the father, you kill the nation. The nation is kind of like the country, like Great Britain or the United States of America. In this book, it had this perception that the most important part of a country, what would it be? What do you think it is? The family. We know, okay, it is so, so, so clear from data that children raised in sort of like traumatic, unhappy families, you know, dysfunctional families, end up dysfunctional criminals themselves. Of course they do. We know that like a good, stable family is that the most important thing for the people in the family so you know for the individuals and for the children but also then just for the wider society countries that have like i'm not going to cite this data i'm not a fucking nerd okay like you know usually people come to the comment i'm to uh you can't talk about studies link us shut the fuck up bro shut the fuck up. if you're a nerd and you want to read these studies shut the fuck up bro what's that um website where you like read like studies and you can't like no one get like you want me to just send you the link of somewhere that you can literally just read the abstract and you're gonna like pay for the rest of the study and you're not gonna pay for it just so the abstract just says the same thing that i'm saying in here it's like yep oh oh uh verified oh, shut the fuck up bro shut up if you're a nerd go find it yourself bro if you're not a nerd then just list just agree with everything i say it's just easier bro uh, oh hamza said to agree with everything he said hamza said hamza's not telling you to have critical shut up hamza's not telling you to have critical thinking this is a this is a cult so shut up bro i'm tired of these fucking jeffries bro aren't you <laughs> I think me trying to explain the reasons of fatherlessness and, you know, oh, there's like this political movement and, you know, like the culture is, is devaluing the father, bro. I'm not that guy who's like qualified, you know, I'm not the politician or some like data analyst or anything. I'm just more of a guy who sees a problem and then wonders, okay, what can I do to improve myself to get rid of that problem? And so my advice that I give out is always just way more personal. You know, people ask me, oh, Hamza, would you want to be a politician? Would you want to do this and this? And I just think, you know what, bro? No, no. I have a far greater impact just speaking to you directly and just trying to give you advice and creating like a community where you feel like loved and involved. In terms of this, in terms of like fatherlessness, the way that we reverse it, you know, we could go through the, the political stuff and the societal, but really the way that we reverse it is just by becoming the best, most secure fathers that we can be. Of course, you know, we can say, okay, the government are against us and society against us and so but there's got to be like one for two percent of fathers who are truly like loved they're very very secure and successful and they're doing the kind of things where they won't end up in those sort of dark positions where like they get divorced and lose their children or anything right and so let's strive for that let's strive to be like the one percent who have that sort of like ideal relationship and of course you know people argue and say oh well not all of us can be like that Hamza not all of us can be entrepreneurial yeah of course but like this advice was never to all there is shut the fuck up like this advice was never to all people because 99% of people will never even watch our videos 99% of people will never even have like the desire to truly improve themselves they'll have you know the daydreams of like oh I want to lose 30 pounds in three weeks shut the fuck up but they'll never actually do the actions so the message that I send out people say oh but it's not applicable no no shut the fuck up bro come on we can get into the top one percent that's the point of self-improvement now you don't have to have that sort of toxic egotistical mindset where it's like okay i want to be better than everyone else but of course strive for something great in your life
if you read like any book on setting goals, if you read any good old school success book like by Brian Tracy and Jim Rohn, one of the things they always say, always say, set goals with no limitations. Pretend you have all the possibilities. So why do we set these small goals where it's like, oh, well, uh, if I get married, like I'll definitely get divorced. Why is that your fucking goal? Why why have you like pre-programmed that into your, well, 40% of marriages ended, well, why would you want to be like the 40%? And obviously, like, you know, 40% of marriages end in divorce and, like, the other 59% are fucking trash marriages that stay together anyway. They, they stop having sex. They stop falling in love. They're essentially broken up, but they're still, like, living together, right? 1%. 1% has to be the ideal family unit where the children and the mother so utterly love and respect the father and the father so utterly loves, respects, and provides for the family. And it's, like, such a beautiful, like, a small tribe. There's got to be 1% of families like that. And why don't we strive to be like that? Why don't we strive to make that 1% into like 3% just by us? That's what we focus on. So this book, again, like I'm not sponsored by this book or any bullshit, bro. I don't have anything to sell you. But this book also went into like mindsets and strategies, how you could be the kind of father and husband who doesn't get divorced, who doesn't lose like half of his stuff. And, and one of the, like, it was so interesting because it's, it defies a lot of the shit that you would have seen on YouTube. And you know, like all these like red pill guys are, are popping off. Andrew Tate's like a huge one. And this is how you know that I'm being authentic as fuck because Andrew Tate and my good friend, Chris from First Man, and Iman Gatsi, who I've done like collaborations with, they are all wrong about fatherhood. Every single one of them are wrong about, they've all said this exact same thing about fathers and they're literally proven wrong by the data. So Andrew Tate, Chris from First Man and Iman Gatsi have all said this exact same thing. They've said that the father doesn't have to play an active role in the child's development. The father doesn't have to be around. He can be like off on his business trips and he doesn't have to be active. That's complete bullshit. Andrew Tate said this and I actually kind of like started believing it. I was like, oh yeah, like, you know, I could be the father who's like traveling around and my, my kid's just getting raised by my, my wife or the mother of my child and you know, it's fine and I can go live my son. But show, bro, that's fucking bullshit. You again, really this book and the data shows children need their dad around children need their dad around what's interesting about this sort of andrew tate mindset is like these guys are promoting fatherlessness without even realizing it oh but you know the, the dad can be on business he doesn't have to be around it's more about quality no it's not it is not just about of course we want quality time but it's also about quantity the children who are raised the best guess what they were raised by their father 50% of the time. The father was around pretty much as equal as their mother was. That's the best thing for a child's development. So this is where I really, really like Chris from First Man's mindset with like the male advantage with this idea, okay? Don't have children too early. Don't have children before you're successful. Don't have children before you're financially free. So Chris recommends pretty much just full focus on fitness and success, fitness and money till you're around age 35, 37 and then have children when you're literally rich. So he says, okay, you're 20 years old. You're watching this, you're 22 years old. Bro, for 15 years, focus on first, make like build a fucking body as well. But then also just for 15 years, just focus, okay, become successful. Just focus on becoming financially free, make multi-millions. And bro, it's not as hard as it's for 15 years. It's not as hard. Oh, but, oh, but there's so many 37 year olds who, who have worked hard for 50. Shut the fuck up. If you set that as your goal, okay, I want to be financially free. I want to have X million in net worth in investments before I have children. It's not that difficult. This is what I say about goals and you know this is fucking true if you set a goal like that it's not that difficult you just have to dedicate your life to it and i know that wait hang on you, you, you're saying this but bro time's gonna pass anyway time's gonna pass anyway your life is gonna pass anyway why don't you dedicate yourself to a big ass goal without this like little small dick limiting belief like oh but i couldn't make that much well hamza i'm from india shut the fuck up i'm from, I'm from india so i could never make that much money 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Shut the fuck up. Just shut, shut the up. Why, why are so many young men? I know that I'm going off the point of like, you know, did your daddy play with you? But I think it's so important. If you can put yourself in that position where you can have children when you're already successful, when you've already built yourself up, you are not going to be one of those like sad fathers who like ends up losing custody of your children. And then you can be the daddy who's always around to play with his children. It's of utmost importance that you take this seriously. I've said this multiple times. Your decision to become a father and the woman that you have children with is the most important decision you will ever make in your life this is worth countless hours of journaling and introspectiveness what could be ask yourself right now what could be the ultimate best case scenario the, the best position you could be in in life to have children in and of course it would be be financially free you should have that as your goal i've got it as mine the reason why i sort of plan to have children younger than like first man sort of male advantage years is because I hit my stride in success way younger. I'm not even 25 years old and I made my top 1% income in the entire world. My net worth in terms of investments isn't that big just yet, but it's like, it's, it, it is growing exponentially, but I will be financially free and I'll be like a millionaire within a few years, max. If not, honestly, within probably a year from now. And oh, Hamza sounds like a dick. He's boasting. I'm not boasting, bro. So you can see, okay, it's like, that's my prerequisite. And it's of utmost importance that you don't turn out to be one of these fathers who have children when he's still broke and he has to work shitty jobs and then he's not even around to raise the, what's the point? This is why I love, again, Chris is like, Chris from First Man, he's got a fucking good head on his shoulders. And he, like, he made this huge ass rant video where he said people were sort of coming at him, attacking him because they were saying, oh, well, he doesn't value family. He's saying not to have family. And he said, no, no, I've never said not to have family. I've never said not to have children. I've said to go and make your money first so that you don't have to be one of those fathers who aren't even around for their children anyway. Because the majority of fathers are having children at age 27 to 30 and they're still broke. They're still working shitty jobs. You're a young man watching this, you're like 21, 22, 23 years old, 18 years old, your full focus should be on developing yourself so that you can get to the point where you don't have to be like reliant on a fucking like daddy, like workplace. You don't have to be reliant on your boss to give you like two weeks off because your child is sick or some bullshit. And so really this video, I know that I started it with like, you know, the importance of like rough and tumble playing. We could have talked about that. But really this video is way, way more important if we talk about like financial freedom, but relate that to becoming a father. What limiting beliefs do you have inside of you that say that you can't do this? Really ask yourself why is your own brain literally against you you right now are like literally looking at someone who's on your side and your own brain is like oh well oh probably not me you know it's unlikely you know not everyone can be a millionaire and again yeah of course not everyone can be a successful of course but we didn't want to be like anyone anyway you're watching videos like this you have the potential to go and fucking achieve that lifestyle there's a reason why all of these old school success not like the new fucking people all of the old school success gurus say the exact exact same thing when they say okay set goals 
It's the most important thing you can do as a young man, just in general, and for young people, for all people, the most important thing you can do is set goals and make a plan of action to achieve it. They all say that, but then when they talk about setting goals, they all say, every single time they say, set goals as if anything was possible. Because when you allow yourself to just think to yourself, okay, let me just pretend this is possible. Let me pretend making five million pounds in the next 10 years, 15 years is possible. And you write it down and you start visualizing and your brain comes up with ideas. If you dedicate the next 15 years of your life, which are gonna pass by anyway, the time is going to pass by anyway. But now at least you've got the fucking big goal that's worth waking up for early for. Now you've got the big goal that's worth sacrificing for. Everyone else is setting these like small goals because they're thinking, oh no, that's obnoxious. It wouldn't be, not for me, I'm from India. So maybe if I just make 10,000 rupees, shut the fuck up, shut the fuck up. Stop like lowering your potential with these small goals. You need the kind of goal that literally like causes like cortisol to rise through your veins and you're like, wait, what the fuck? Why am I still watching this dumbass's videos? His videos went downhill from like last year. Fuck this Hamza guy. Let me go work on my goals. You're not gonna do that if you set these small goals, which you're like, oh, but I just wanna make like one, I just wanna be happy. I just wanna make 1,000 pounds a month. Shut the fuck up. Your first milestone is making 10,000 pounds a month or $10,000 a month. That is the first big milestone. That should take you about one to two years. $10,000 a month, one to two years. That should be your first goal. It is a magical, magical number, $10,000 a month. I promise you that's magical. That needs to be, you should not think about 1,000. Shut the fuck up. Or 500, I'll be happy with 1,000 or two. Shut the fuck up. If you set the goal for 10,000 a month, you will achieve it within two years. You will achieve it within two years. And as long as you don't bitch out, as long as you don't do this, like, oh, well, I set the goal, Hamza, and then it, it, it didn't happen. Well, did you work on it? A lot of people criticize goal setting because they're like, oh, well, systems are better, but goal settings create the system. Systems are better than goals. Shut up. Goals are like the OG thing and like all these like modern day productivity YouTubers with like skinny neck, skinny wrists are telling you like, oh, uh, systems are better. Shut the fuck up. You don't, you're not even aesthetic. You don't even go to the gym. You're telling me goals don't do You don't have a system for going to the gym. It hasn't worked for you. Why are we listening to these like weird motherfuckers, these skinny guys who are telling you like, oh, I'm so good at productivity. And they're not, they don't even go to the gym consistently. They don't even meditate. All they do is just make fucking productivity YouTube videos. Why are you listening to people like, oh, but system, shut the fuck up. This feels like one of my old videos, bro. I like this fucking just being a dick on camera. I have my laptop right here and you can't see it, but it's, it's fine. I'll describe it to you, bro. Relax. And I have a goals page on this laptop that I literally look at every single morning for this year. My goal is to get my investment portfolio to 250K by the end of the year. So we've got about six months from now. It's at about 50K right now. For 2025, so three years from now, I want to have an investment portfolio of 10 million. That's as much money as myself and my family will need. So in three years, I would have ticked off like the financial slash wealth slash money box in terms of preparing my Myself to become a father. It's of utmost importance that you set that as a goal. Now just ask yourself, right? I mean, the answer is clear because you watched this far of this video, but just ask yourself, do you want to be a father? Yes or no? Like, yeah, at some point in your life, obviously you can say, oh, well, not right now, but like just at some point in your life, do you want to be a father? I think the overwhelming majority of people will say yes. Some like a, maybe a small percentage, five to 10% will kind of say like, no, nah, I don't want to have children. Fair enough. If you do want to be a father and you know at some point in your life, you're going to have children, it is your duty to provide. We all know that, you know, the black sort of masculinity, sort of TLDR is okay, you know, to provide and to protect and stuff, right? So we know, okay, you're gonna have to provide and we know, okay, social society is like changed and women are working so women can also provide and stuff. But generally, bro, it's gonna be used providing and like, you'd like to be the one who's like way more masculine so your woman can be feminine and stuff generally, right? So you know, you're gonna be a father. The ultimate best case, you know, again, those books and everything, they always say, okay, think of possible, think of like everything, 
endless possibilities, no limitations. What's the best case dream life scenario that you could have? Well, the best case dream life scenario would be that when you have children, you could be with them full time. This is one thing that that book, The Boy Christ, is a very, very good book. Hopefully you'll, you'll really commit to buying it and like reading it and stuff. I'm not trying to sell it to you, bro. Fucking relax. But this book, you know, it was going through, okay, well, how can fathers be more involved? Well, you know what they could do is like work part time and their wife could work part time too, which usually isn't discussed because usually the father has to be like the provider. So the father has to work full time and the mother stops working completely, but then she gets like a closer bond with the child. And that's actually not that good, even though that's completely what's normal. And, you know, it has been normal for like hundreds of years that the man works and the woman takes full care of the children. It's actually shown that that's not even a good thing. So they've said, oh, well, 50-50 split. So the woman works part time, the man works part time and they both take care of the kids. And I, you know what I thought? I was like, there's one thing that they're missing. They're missing the extremely successful men and women who can get into a relationship and they actually don't need to work. Of course, we never want to stop working. We always want to have like projects that kind of like fulfill us and stuff. But the idea is like, you don't want to have to be taken away from your child, from your family to like, oh, well, you know, I've got to go to work now and like, oh, goodbye. Because the life that I, I'm going to tell you my sort of visualization, my sort of plan with this. And if you're a woman watching this and it fits with you, then fucking hit me up because we might be compatible. <laughs> but the life that I've kind of imagined with this is that I'm already pretty damn successful and I'm 24 years old and I'm two years into like being productive, right? And so the next few years, of course, What's gonna happen? Of course, you know, have, well, you could, uh, you know, your channel could get deleted, whatever. But, but of course, what happens with success, it compounds. And we are seeing that very clearly with like how much money I'm making and, and everything that's happening with my sort of growth and everything, right? So I'm expecting it all to compound. And in three years, I'm gonna reach the point where like I've made enough money, I've got enough money in investments where I, I don't need to think about making money anymore. And from that point, I'm essentially retired, but I wouldn't just sit around. Like I, I've been semi-retired before, which is very weird to say I'm 24 years old. I've been like semi-retired. There was about a six month period where I worked about one and a half hours per week, which is like pretty much nothing. All I did was just record three to five videos per week. And I, I didn't even like it, bro. I know that it's weird as fuck and it's probably unrelatable to you. You're thinking, wait, what the fuck are you semi-retired? Like you retired at age 24, what does that mean? But yeah, there was a point about end of 2021 or so where like I achieved the four hour work week but my passive income was so high that I literally needed to work about an hour hour and a half a week so I felt like I was pretty much retired and I didn't enjoy it I literally made a video on my second channel saying like I had almost a sense of depression from it because I had no purpose I had no like big goal I had nothing to like wake up for and you know each day was just kind of boring I had no like real challenge and stuff and so I don't want to do that I still I really value like work and goals and stuff so I'd continue that so I know that even though I'll hit like sort of my investment portfolio number and stuff and I can be retired I'll technically be retired but I'll still keep doing sort of fulfilling projects that are just so, sort of intrinsically motivating for me like hopping onto like youtube and like just giving advice and stuff and maybe writing books maybe going on to like podcasts or something so i'd continue working so the mindset that i have is okay full focus on like work and success for the next few years and for you it might be like five years 10 years 15 years for your career or your business to really take off you achieve a great level of financial success you, you stack in investments so that you then are so secure that you don't necessarily need to work when you have children you just want to work and so then you're like working part-time, but in this like very fulfilling way where it's like, I'll have huge standards. I wouldn't need money, right? So a few years from now, I wouldn't need money. So if I got like some brand deal or something, but I had to go away from my family for it, I wouldn't do it. If I had to like, you know, oh, this decision, like I might be able to make more money doing this one, but like I'll have to lose five hours a week, but I wouldn't do it. You get like a very secure, safe position, strong position in life when you don't need money. And I know that this seems like quite like a distant dream. And you're maybe tuning out and you're thinking, well, you know, this is like, this guy's lucky and you know, this 
guy's really rich it's not going to relate to me because i'm going to have to do this thing i'm going to have to do this thing but it is like a real possibility these days you've got to think bro you know the amount of like those young successful rich entrepreneurs that you see on on like youtube and like all these crypto bro a lot of people are making a very good amount of money in the 20s i don't have like a fucking course to sell you i don't have like a fucking nft for you to buy bro i'm just telling you the truth a few years ago i thought every single one of those motherfuckers were lying i was so certain that they were all lying they were all scamming and now i've just i've become one of those guys who's like free and successful in his 20s i could literally retire like not properly but you know like i could retire in the sense like i'd have to work one hour a week right now i'm in a completely different country and i didn't need savings to come here how weird is that like i didn't need savings to travel the world because I make more than enough per month just passively. And oh well, you, you could be thinking, well, yeah, he, he's, he's, he's one of those scammers. He's just, you know, playing like fucking 200 IQ chess with me right now. And he's one of those scammers. He definitely is. He's got a, a course on how to make money. I don't have a fucking course on how to make money, bro. I don't have anything to sell you in terms of like making money. I, there is like, all I'm here for is just for fucking to tell you that it is a possibility that you can actually literally become financially free in your 20s and your 30s. You have to start with that goal. You have to start with that intention. And I think it's such an important intention I've really been thinking, you might have watched my, my second channel. I've really been thinking a lot about fatherhood recently. I'm a very, very like purposeful, introspective guy. And so I think deeply. I spend literally an hour or two hours per day just kind of thinking. I don't know many people who do that. I literally just spend time just thinking every day. No phone, no nothing. I literally just sit there and just fucking look at my wall and just think about life, think about the decisions I want to make. Yeah, I think a lot, man. And I realized that I think this is the ultimate way to structure your life. And it's kind of like assumed, you know, a hundred years ago, how did those men structure their lives? Well, okay, get a good job, get a wife and have children. But they needed to be away from their children in that job. What I'm saying is more of the extreme end. And of course, there'll, there'll be people complaining who have got limiting beliefs. And they'll be like, oh, no, not everyone can do this. But what I'm saying is this extreme goal of achieving financial freedom, literally stacking millions in investments and then having children after that. And then you can be a full-time father you'll still want to have like some kind of fulfilling work project to work on and maybe you'll still want to work for like five hours a week 10 hours a week 20 hours a week but it would be totally in your control you wouldn't have to like take a fucking call from your boss and have to go away and like stay in a fucking hotel for like some work trip away from your family you wouldn't have to wake up at like 6 a.m every single day sleep deprived go into an office that you don't like the idea is to check off that work sort of money wealth part of your life before you have children and use that as your motivation to literally think wait i want to be so totally set so that when i have children bro imagine the experience of being able to be like a full-time father i know that there's a lot of guys like this andrew tate personality who don't want that and they don't want to be like playing with the children and stuff and you know they're, they're, they're like too masculine for that but from my research into masculinity and femininity the masculine is all about the goal striving making progress to goals the freedom of constraint and the achievement of sort of like release and progress if your goal was to raise a child in the absolute best way possible, which I think should be the goal when you're becoming a father, it is for you to be around literally as much as possible. And also for your wife or the mother of your children to also be around as much as possible. And that opens up a family dynamic that is extremely, extremely rare that it's not even talked about, it's not even mentioned in the book, which is where both parents the father and the mother are full-time parents. Of course, you know, you can critique this. Oh, well, the child would get annoyed at you. And like, but I think that's a extremely, extremely beautiful goal. And to think like my future child, my little boy, five years, 10, 15 years from now, is going to know that I literally dedicated my life when I was like 24 years old to just achieving these goals so that I would be in the ultimate position to have him and to raise him so that when he is born... <laughs> 
I, I deeply respect my, my own father, but like my dad was always away. My dad was like, and this is what's normal, but like my dad would come home at like 6 p.m. from work. He was gone all the entire day. And then he'd be like tired and you know, it's my bedtime's like 8 p.m. when I'm a child or something. I don't want to have that same life when I have children. I don't want to have children and you know, the extra sort of financial burden and thinking, well, you know, you know I, I need to go work. I need to, I need to be away from them and everything. If you've watched this far of the video, you really, really value your future fatherhood. You've probably thought about it a decent amount already. You probably can tell, okay, that's one of the most, probably the most important thing that you would do in your life. I highly, highly encourage you to be introspective with this and to like do like some Hamza practices, which is like literally, bro, turn everything off and just stare at your wall and just think about fatherhood. Stare at your wall and think about your future children and just ask yourself, what kind of father do you want to be? And try to have like no biases, no influences, even try to like ignore the advice I've just given you and ask yourself, okay, what would be the ultimate best case scenario. I find sometimes when I'm trying to be introspective, I can like start to become aware of the influences I have inside of me. So when I did this kind of practice a little while ago, I originally thought of exactly what like Andrew Tate and First Man and stuff that what they used to say, which is like, oh, well, you know, I'd be the successful father working away. And like, you know, you don't even have to be around the, the child that often, it, bro, it's not the truth. I, I don't have like you know, the, the studies or the data to prove it, but it's, it's not the fucking truth at all. Like saying that our oh, fathers don't need to be around as much. It's all about quality. That's not the truth. It's not, it's not the case. Your child will turn out worse because of that. Maybe you should like do your own research, read that book and just spend some time really thinking about this because the sad thing is the overwhelming majority of people, men and women, don't prepare for fatherhood slash motherhood. They just kind of like stumble into it. You know, oh, well, I've got a boyfriend and like, oh, we live together, so we should have a child, but they don't prepare for it. They don't actually, like I'm learning about fatherhood potentially five to 10 years earlier than I'm actually gonna be a father. I think that's like an incredibly important thing to do. It is the most important thing in our lives. Of course it is. We're raising a whole nother person to raise them to become like successful, healthy, happy adults. That is a full-time job. It's worth that time to be introspective and like really question this. It sounds a little bit insulting, but like one of the sort of goals in mind, which you might be able to relate to, is to be the kind of father that you needed when you were a little boy. We mean no disrespect to our own fathers because once you hit a, a certain level of maturity, you realize that they literally did do like what they could have done. Times were different back then. They did not have the vast amount of opportunities that we do. Your father wasn't watching self-improvement, bro, there wasn't self-improvement YouTube videos when he was 20 years old. No one knew about meditation in like the Western world then. No man was journaling, like gratitude journaling back then. We're very privileged to have this advice and to be able to connect to each other and share ideas like this. This has never been done before. And I really hope that this men out there like, it, it amazes me that there's a young man out there watching this who's able to sort of like take my learning lessons and to use it himself. And then also that he can spread his, he can go onto my Discord server, which is linked in the description of this video. And you can like post your learning lessons there. And like, we can all share these like random like bits of wisdom that we would have only been able to like in our own kind of tribe and community 20 years ago. So I hope you really find value in the things that I've said in this video. You can subscribe to our channel if you want to. Welcome to the cult. Do the hard work, especially when you don't feel like it. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, 
Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.